Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. Amen. Hey, we're going to be opening up our Bibles. How many of y'all have your Bible in this place? Let me see it. You got it? You got your Bible listed up in the air? Say, this is the Word of God. Let's say it one more time and say, this is the Word of God. This is the Word of God. We're going to open up to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. Joshua is the sixth book in the Bible. Joshua, the sixth book in the Bible, and we're going to go to the sixth chapter of the sixth book. Coincidence? I think not. I don't even know what that's from. The Incredibles? <laughs> nice. I love it. My brother always has my back. <laughs> Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. I'm talking to you today about perseverance. We're entering into a new series called Built to Last. How many of y'all know that what good is it to build something if it doesn't last? What good is it to just have one generation and then gone? Right? The Bible says that we're but dust. Like, here one moment, gone another. A little preacher joke, the, the kid went to his dad after service and said, Dad, what's butt dust? It means that we're just here a moment and then gone. But God is a generational God. Say amen. He's a generational God. He's, he's got a much bigger plan at play. And you have a part to play in that. You have a part to play in this city. You have a part to play in this nation. Can I tell you that your voice matters? As the world is going around telling you as a Christian, just sit down and shut up. <laughs> your voice matters. Hey, your vote matters. Can I tell you as a Christian, we are called to vote towards the values that the Bible supports, not just a political candidate. And we're called to do our best to be able to help shift that political atmosphere. Not only politically, but also uh, culturally, spiritually. Your voice matters. You matter as a light of Christ. So we're opening up to Joshua chapter 6, verse 6. I'm going to ask if you're able to stand in honor of the reading of the word. If you could stand up, if you're able to. Uh, we don't stand up the whole time during service. <laughs> we'll sit down in just a moment and be able to receive today what God is speaking. But Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 says, Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went in and no, no one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Say six days. Well done. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times. Say seven times. With priests blowing the trumpets and singing the instruments and banging the drums. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Let's try that again. Give a loud shout. Fantastic. Then the wall of the city will collapse. When? After you shout. And the people will go up, every man straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said, said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the people, advance 
march around the city with the armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the people. I don't even, it's interesting, because I took the different translation, and it, it still is there. Awesome. Do not, I just didn't see this. Do not give a war cry. Man, where are all my men at? Let me hear my men here in this place. Let me hear you. Oh, don't give a war cry. Don't, <laughs> do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So in other words, shut up and walk. Can I tell you, sometimes you just need to be obedient to what God's spoken to you. You just need to do what God has spoken you to do. You're in danger sometimes of talking yourself out of what God told you to be obedient to by what you talk about. That's why before John the Baptist was born, God shut up his, his dad's mouth. Because he was like, how can this be? How can this be? Like, now, your words don't have creative power, but they do have cultivating power. So I want to encourage you as the believers, sometimes when God has told you to do something, the least you should say, don't even say it. Just don't, don't even say, this is stupid. I don't know why I'm doing this. Sometimes I just need to be obedient to the Lord and what he's asked me to do. Go pray for this person. Oh, this ain't going to happen. This, I don't know why I should pray for them. Healing is not going to come. And you'll talk yourself out of it. It's like, okay, Lord said, go pray for the person with the athlete's foot. It's a true story. Right? Don't talk yourself out of it. Sometimes you just need to sit down, be quiet, walk, be obedient. All right. Where was I? All right. Um, so he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling at once, verse 11. Then the people returned to the camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, say second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six Days. Say six days. Six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, say that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Fast forward to verse 20. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and took the city. Can I, can I ask you today, would they have seen that happen if they only marched around one day, two days, three days, four days, five days, six days? why we need to have perseverance in the house of God. Turn to your neighbor and tell him the title of this message. This is why you can't stop on six. You can't stop on six. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word in this place. Holy Spirit, speak to us. We believe that you are always speaking. It's just a question of this. We are listening. So we go before you, maker of heaven and earth. Help us to be your church in this city to have perseverance, to continue in steadfastness and faithfulness 
to what you've called us to. We praise your name and we glorify you. Right now, church, if you're hungry for the word of God, open up your hands, say these words after me. Say, Lord, Heavenly Father, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for the word of God in this place. You can't stop on, at, you can't stop on six. You can't, you can't give up. You got to have a level of grit, a level of perseverance. Can I tell you, as the church, we are called to have a level of perseverance, that anything that comes easy isn't necessarily worth doing, that there is something on the other side of resistance. Can I tell you, there is something on the other side of your struggle, that it's in your wrestling that God does most of his work, not just for you, but especially in you. He is doing a work in you. I get impressed with people that start things, people that start working out, new resolutions. I get impressed with people that start businesses. It takes courage to step out. I get impressed with people that get married because you're talking about a lifelong commitment to someone, not just who they are, but who God is creating them to be. Like, I get impressed with people that start things. I get more impressed with people that finish things. Like, it's one thing to start a new diet, which, by the way, I don't believe in diets. I believe in discipline. <laughs> That's just me. I get impressed with people that start, like, new regimens, like, new workout regimens. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in shape. Like, but I get more impressed with people that finish it. Like, like you know, ever notice, like, people will give you compliments? Man, you've lost a lot of weight. Or, man, you've gotten pretty big and strong. Like, but they don't give you compliments for staying strong or for keeping the weight off. Like. Can I tell you, it takes more fortitude to finish than it does to start. Like, there, there is a level of compliment I give to people that continue in business even after the first year or two years or three years to continue working at it, to continue in marriage. I'm more impressed with people that have the fortitude to finish. We're talking about built to last. Built to last, built to last. Last week, I talked about how God is a chain breaker. The message was called, I am a chain breaker. And I had a chain on stage, and I took an axe, and I chopped it in half. And uh, by the fourth time of the first message, I got it. <laughs> Second message, I got it on the first try. But uh, I, I say that because had the chain not have tension on it, it would have been pretty hard to break it. And many people don't receive the promises of God because they don't live in the tension. They just kind of let it slack, and they think God is just going to step in and, and make it happen, but God's calling you to persevere. Say persevere. In order to receive the promise, you got to persevere, and many people don't receive the promises of God because they don't persevere, and Joshua had promises. He had a promised land, and now, although we don't have the promises of the promised land, his was real estate, we have promises like what Peter referred to as exceedingly great and precious promises. We have what Paul referred to as every spiritual blessing in Christ. Can I tell you that you have promises from God? That God has things. God has freedom in store for you. God has joy in store for you. Uh, the things that God has said in his word, those are his promises for you and for your life. Uh, promises to give you hope in a future People go like, well, that's Jeremiah. Is that pre-descriptive or descriptive? You know what? I think it is descriptive of who our God is. Therefore, it is prescriptive to your life. Because we don't just appeal to the word of God. We also appeal to his character that is revealed in the word of God. So some of you are questioning, can I, can I really take it at its 
face value. You read the Bible to know who God is, not just what God has done. That's why we read the word. Who is this God? He has revealed himself in the face of Jesus Christ. All right? So if it's there, I have a promise from God. All right, so let's go back up to Joshua chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, just kind of live, and we're going to live in the book of Joshua today. Is that all right? Sound good? All right, let's live in the book of Joshua. Uh, verse 1 says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I delivered Jericho into your hands, along with his king and his fighting men. There's a bit of a problem with that phrase. I've already done it, but it hasn't happened yet. It, how was Jericho? It was barred up. It was securely barred. No one went out and no one came in. And then God says, see what I've done? <laughs> I don't know if you, were, if you were Joshua. I think I would look at Jericho and say, God, I haven't seen you done anything yet. But how many know that God speaks in past tense of battles that we're currently facing? Can I tell you that God will speak in past tense? What did he say to Abraham? He says, see, I have made you a father of many nations. Well, it haven't happened yet. How's that going to happen, God? I haven't had a son yet. God knows beginning from the end. What he's looking for you is faith and perseverance. So Abraham believed God, and it is a credit to him as righteousness. He didn't see it happen. He saw one kid. Technically two. Technically there was more than that, but they weren't children of the promise. There was one child of the promise, and that was Isaac. And I tell you that we are called to believe God, even if we don't see it come to pass. That sometimes God will say, your marriage is going to work out. Sometimes he's going to say, you will be free from this addiction. Sometimes he's going to say, your children will come back into the house of God. They're going to follow me. They're going to be, they're going to be, they're going to be advancers of the kingdom. They're going to be servants of the most high God. That doesn't mean they're going to work for a church. Can I tell you, the goal is not to work for a church. The goal is to glorify our God and to advance the kingdom. Can I tell you that we're all ministers? Say, that's me. We're all ministers. We're all advancers of this kingdom of light. We all have a part to play in the body of Christ. Can I tell you, if God's given you the promise, sometimes he'll speak past tense. That's why it's important that you write those promises down, because we forget. <laughs> we forget. If God has spoken something to you, write it down. Bring it before him with the Holy Spirit. Make sure that it's the right spirit you're listening to. Lord, help us. And, and okay, Lord, you've spoken this to me, and usually it'll line up with the word of God. It won't line up with your plan for your life, just like an indicator, right? God called me to be a pro. Well, Maybe, like, put it in the back of your heart and consider that. But especially if he said something along the lines of, your son and daughter is going to come back into the house of God. If he's spoken something along the lines of healing for a disease or an ailment, to be able to go to the Lord and say, God, I know you spoke this, right? So I'm going to align my heart with what you've spoken. God speaks past tense to the battles we are currently fighting. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't receive it because they stop short. Say stop short. See, we stop short because our perspective gets blocked. Now, Jericho wasn't a very big city, but it was a city with high walls. You could probably walk around it in less than an hour, maybe 40 minutes or something like that. You'd be able to walk around it. It's not that far of a walk. Um, but it had really high walls. It was actually one of the oldest cities in history, Jericho is. 
It's pretty cool. Like, you can, you can find this. It's called Tel Jericho, which Tel Jericho, Tel is just they built city upon city upon city upon city, and it becomes this huge hill. They, they have excavated this city, and the archaeologists come to the, the point that there was one point where the city was burned. And we actually read that in the Bible. And there was an outer wall of brick that actually fell outward and created a ramp for any army to invade the city. It's actually some pretty cool stuff. Like, I'm a big... <laughs> archaeology, nerd, geography, nerd, so I'll watch stuff like that. Uh, but it's actually pretty cool to see. Jericho wasn't very big, but it was intimidating. Like, they couldn't just go around it. What's that going on a bear hut? Can't go around it, can't go under it, gotta go through it. I don't know if even I said it right. Did I say it right? Yes or no? No? <laughs> Close enough. You get credit for trying. Right? Can I tell you, when you have... Doubt start entering your heart because you can't see it. You got to get to a level of what God sees. And the best way to get to the level of what God sees is this one word. It's called praise. Like, I give you a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness or a spirit of affliction. You have a choice to put that on. So when we're sitting here in worship, can I tell you, worship is so much more than a song that you sing. It's a song that you sing in your heart. It's what you do on a daily basis. Like, worship isn't just worship music. Can I tell you that? Like, it's, it's what you do. Like, if you work with your hands, what you're building is worship. Like, everything that I'm doing, I'm doing for the Lord. I'm doing it with excellence before the Lord. I'm taking care of things for the Lord. Like, your whole life is actually worship before the Lord. Right? And every once in a while, you need to be able to align what you see with your physical eyes with what God sees in his spirit. It's called getting a better perspective. So my, my, my praise is to shout. That brings Jericho down. I don't know the, so with all that, with all that I'm breathing, I've got a reason to praise the Lord, oh my soul. And we could keep going again, but I think I can only do that once before my voice cracks. You have to elevate your perspective. You got to be with God. Okay, God, I know this diagnosis is terminal. I, I, help me to be with you. I know what you've said, but it's, it's, it's really hard to see. What do we walk by faith, not by sight? Say, say we walk by faith. Okay. We walk by what? We walk by faith, not by sight. We don't walk by sight. We don't walk by what we see. We don't walk by what we feel. We walk by faith. I don't wait for the pastor to encourage me. I will encourage myself in the Lord. Like I'm a leader of my own heart, a leader of my own soul, a leader of my own home. Though my home is dark and it feels like everyone's just at each other, I'm going to be a person that brings an atmosphere of praise into my home. Come on, can I get an amen? amen. What, did, what did the... Uh, I will look, I'll lift up my eyes to the hills is, what my, is where my help comes from, is what comes to me right now. Right? So uh, just imagine you're, you, for a moment, like you're one of these soldiers with Joshua. Joshua comes to you and says, yo, guys, you see that big city? We're going to take it. We're going to take it for the glory of Christ. And you as your soldier, you're like, yeah, let's go. Come on. We're going to take the promised land. All right, Joshua, how are we going to do it? All right, guys, we're going to get suited up. 
seven trumpets of ram's horns walking in front. We're going to have the priests in front. We're going to have the ark. We're going to have soldiers and arms behind it. And we're all going to march around the wall. Yeah, let's surround it. That's called a siege. I like it. This guy knows what he's doing. We're going to siege Jericho. It's one of the biggest cities in the promised land. And we're going to take it by siege. Let's do it. We walk around the wall. All right, Joshua, we're around the wall. Now, what do you want us to do? All right, man, let's go back to the camp. Oh, he must have seen something that we didn't. Maybe they had, like, archers on the wall or maybe, like, some kind of anti-siege equipment. We, all right, let, let's go regroup. Let's go regroup. So, so you come back home, and, and maybe your wife's at the camp, and, and she goes to you, hey, my big bad soldier. Did you guys get Jericho today? Well, babe, we came back, and, you know, I think Joshua saw something that we didn't because uh, he sent us back home. Obviously, like, we didn't, we didn't attack Jericho. So he said to get ready because we're going to go back tomorrow. So I think tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow is the day. Say tomorrow. Tomorrow's the day. Like, we're going to get it tomorrow. Like, it's, the breakthrough's happening tomorrow. The, the miracle's coming tomorrow. The, 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 the promise is coming tomorrow. So we're going we're gonna to go back there again. And you get all suited up, you know. Let's go. All right, Ram's horn, let's go. I'm ready to fight today. Joshua has a better plan. We're going around the walls again, and we're going to be able to see. I, I don't see any archers. I don't see any siege equipment. All right, Joshua, what are we going to do now? We're going back to camp. What? But today was the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and conquer Jericho. Okay, well, let's go back. What am I going to say to my wife? I told her today was the day. Hey, my big bad soldier, did you get anyone today? Did you take Jericho today? Well, honey, I, th- I think Josh just wants us to get a vision. Like he was talking about like a vision board. Like you got to see yourself like, like, like stepping into the promise. And, and so tomorrow, 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 say tomorrow, tomorrow. So you get my drift. Like they go around again and then they get back and then they go back to camp. So my big bad soldier, it's not happening. I thought it was, I thought I was going to, like, it keeps on happening. Have you ever had moments in your life where you thought today was going to be the day? Have you ever had moments in your life where, man, I really thought that we would have gotten through this as a married couple by now. Like, I thought I would have been able to forgive her by now, or I would have been able to forgive him by now. Like, I thought today was the day, and I thought, like, the marriage counseling was finally going to work, or... I thought, like, this would be the doctor's appointment that we go to, and it's going to come back completely negative, and we'd be able to praise God and, and write songs. But now it's come back twice as aggressive. And I thought today was going to be the day where I was actually going to be delivered from that. And, you know, it feels like I'm living in a perpetual state of tomorrow, a perpetual state of I'm continually walking around a wall, and I'm not seeing anything happen. You know, if I was God, I would have made it like Tetris. You know, you walk around one day, and you see... One layer falling. You're like, ah, look at that. Like another layer fell. Look, hey, I'm making progress. But I have a question for you today. If you want to build something that will last, will you keep walking when nothing is working? Will you keep walking when it seems like nothing is working? Can I tell you today that we walk by faith, not by sight? He's going to build his church. The gates of hell will not prevail. Well, God, it feels like the church is retreating. No, 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 no. He's working. He's working. If you read your Bible, it says in the latter days, many will be deceived through shallow and deceptive philosophy. Like, okay, but his church will continue to advance. (laughs) It's going to continue to advance. 
Say, say this declaratively. Say, I'm a part of that. I am his church. You are his church. You're a part of that. Will you keep walking? Will you keep walking when it seems like he's not working? Can I tell you that the promise still stands? The promise still stands. You know, Joshua got up there, and he didn't tell any of them that it was going to be six times around, and on the seventh time, what is that? Verse 6, Joshua chapter 6, verse 6, what did he say? He said, Joshua, son of Nun, called the priest and said to him, take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. Didn't say anything about how many times. Didn't say anything about the seventh day, seven times. Don't you wish that God would bring you in on the loop sometimes? Can I tell you, when you feel like you're left in the dark and it's not making sense and the circumstance doesn't make sense. You can't trust the circumstance, but you can trust his character. Can I tell you that we are not responsible for the outcome? Many of us are wanting the result. Like, a better thing to crave over result is actually resolve. Right? Like, to be able to go say, all right, Lord, better to be a person that continues in faithfulness and steadfastness rather than a goal. Better to be a person rather than I want to bench 225 pounds. Rather, I want to be a healthy person because a healthy person is in shape. That'll last a lot longer. Bench 225, you bench 225, now what? But to have resolve in your heart, that'll help your marriage last. Well, I just want him to buy me flowers more, okay? What you really want is for him to give his heart to you. What good is it to get the flowers if you don't get the heart? And can I tell you, that's why Jesus came. <laughs> this is fun. I'm mixing like flowers to like, that's why Jesus came. Like, what good was it to obey all the laws, but they never gave him their heart? Can I tell you that giving your life over to Jesus is less about what you do. It's more about who you trust. And when you realize that you can't do it on your own, you can know and trust in the fact that he's already done it for you. So, Lord, I give it to you. That's what giving your life over to the Lord and dying to yourself looks like. Like, I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. And... Okay, so God is saying to, Jer to, to Joshua, he's like, I've seen, I've, seen I've, I've given Jericho into your hands. But it doesn't look like it. So I can tell you that I don't mind walking. Like, I was working out the other day, and I was working out with a, a dude, and I usually work by myself because everyone has their own regiments, and I like mine. <laughs> but he, he calls them death leg extensions or something like that, where we're just going to keep doing leg extensions so we can't do it anymore. And then we'll drop the weight, and then you keep doing them until you can't do them anymore, and then you drop the weight. And, and I'm fine with that, but sometimes you work out with people, they'll be like, all right, you got five more reps, four more reps, three more reps, two more reps. Two more reps, two more reps, two more reps, two more reps. And I'm like, if you would have just told me, I could have paced myself. Like, I'm fine walking. If, God, you just tell me how long I need to walk. God, I'm fine with the wrestling, but it's been a year and a half where I've felt far from you. God, I'm fine with the, with, I'm fine with the, with the, with the doubting, but, Lord, like, when is the breakthrough coming? 
Like, I'm not okay with it. I want to be set free, Lord, but like, can you tell me when? Like, I'm fine if, if God's like, hey, you're going to walk six days, and on the seventh day, the walls are going to come down. Can I tell you, in your life, you know why you cannot stop on six? Because seven very well could be right around the corner. Can I tell you, breakthrough can be today. You may not know it, but you might be on lap six. You might be on lap six with your marriage. Oh, six is the number of man. Six is the number of man. That whole thing about the end times, 666, is, it's not necessarily a number as much as it is a philosophy that we do all that we can do without God. It's the perfection of humanity without God. That's the mark of the beast. Like, we don't need God anymore. But if you just take a moment, like, Lord, I'm doing my, we're going to counseling. When is that breakthrough going to happen? Like, when am I going to feel connected again? Like, I, I just want the love that we had at first. Now, if it, you're wanting butterflies, that might not happen again. It might. It might, but there's a deeper type of love that God's calling you to in your marriage. It's a different type of agape love that reflects God. Like, there's a different type of love that God's, it's not the eros kind that the world's all used to. Like, God's taking you deeper, so he's taking me deeper. Like, he's growing me. Like, God's growing you in the wrestling. Like, that's why you can't quit. That's why you can't stop on six. Because you may be on lap six. And you may not realize it. You may be on lap six on the seventh day. And all you had to do was take a moment and lift up your shout of praise. So Hebrews 10.36 says this. And I'm actually going to, I did this. I'm actually going to go. I don't have it for you, but I'm going to go up and read through Hebrews 10.35. It says, so do not throw away your confidence, for it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, say a little while, I wish I knew what that was. He who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one, say that's me, will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But get this right here in verse 9, 39. He says, but we are not of those who shrink back. Say that's me. We are not of those who are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. That's you today. You're not going to stop on six. You're not going to throw in the white towel. You ever watched NASCAR before? How many NASCAR fans we got in here? Like, no, none? We got one? Hey, come on. Like, yeah, NASCAR, like, you, when you watch NASCAR, they have, like, how many laps are left? Right? Don't you wish that's how it was for your life? And then on the last lap, they wave a flag. Like, it's the last lap. And it's a white flag. And then they just they take off as fast as they can. And I think this is what I want to leave you here with today. Is that if you believe and run with your hardest of hearts, man, I hope you get this today. When I was running in basketball, they would do those lines. You go back and forth. And, and I was never one to, to stop short. I would touch the line. Coach said, touch the line, put your foot on the line. I would touch the line, put my foot on the line. And I saw about 80% of the team not touch the line, not put their foot on the line. 
I'm like, man, all you're doing is cheating yourself. Like, touch the line. It's another foot. You just got to go one more foot. And it shows up in the game. It shows up in your integrity. It shows up in your marriage. It shows up in your life. Someone said if you cheat at golf, you'll cheat in business. It's true. It might be. I don't know. Because integrity applies everywhere of your life. Right? Okay. That doesn't mean if you cheat at golf that you're automatically good. But just be mindful, right? But if you just live like every lap is your life, and you're going at it with your fullest, like those cars are, like, Lord, I'm believing this is lap one. Oh, this isn't the last one. Well, I'm going to go at it again with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. I'm going to read the Bible with all my heart, all my soul. It's not making sense to me, but I'm going to keep on trying. God, I'm going to pray. I'm not seeing anything happen, but I'm going to keep on trying. Lord, I'm going to keep ministering to people. I don't see people saved on the street, but I'm going to keep spreading the good news. Like, God, I'm going, to keep, I'm going to keep praying for people, even though, like, I don't see the miracle happening. Maybe it happens later. Maybe, like, Lord, I'm going to keep believing that my marriage is coming back together. I'm going to keep believing that you have the right man or the right woman for me as, as I've been single and I see everyone else get married. God, I'm ready to just throw in the, tire, the, the, the towel, and I'm, just, I'm ready to just compromise because it seems like everyone's getting married. I, 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 maybe if I just sleep with him, then he'll stay with me. Maybe if I just give away myself, then they'll, then they'll, they'll be with me. And God's saying, stay true. Stay true. Stay true. I have the right person for you. Continue to run this race with perseverance. And this is the thing you may not know, but if you go after every lap, like it's your last one, can I tell you that eventually you will be right. And you'll see the breakthrough. You'll see the healing. You'll see the restoration. You'll see the deliverance. You will see the promise. Would you stand to your feet? Is this, is, <laughs> is this blessing anyone today? Hey, let me, let me share with you one, one last verse. It's Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. To be confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Can I tell you that as a church, we press on towards the mark of the high calling of God. We don't fold like deck chairs. We stay consistent. We stay persistent. We persevere all for the glory and the name of Jesus Christ. How many received this word this morning? Amen. Amen. Let me pray over you today, Heavenly Father. Holy Spirit, we need your help. Come on, would you lift up your hands today and just call out to the Holy Spirit today? I thank you, Lord, that you've placed your spirit in us. You won't leave us as orphans, but you placed your spirit in us to fulfill the good work of the cross. Help us to reflect Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. He's now seated at the right hand of God. Lord, would you help us, even as he did not grow weary and lose heart, help us to not grow weary and lose heart. God, I pray for every weary soul in here today. Holy Spirit, that you would give strength to their innermost being, that you would fill them up, Holy Spirit, that the things you've called them to help them to not shrink back. But as you said to Joshua, to be strong and courageous, the Holy Spirit says to you today, to be strong and of good courage. Do not throw away your confidence, for it will be richly rewarded. Lord, help us to reflect our Heavenly Father, to stay faithful, 
to stay true, even as faithfulness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that it's a fruit. It's a promise. Faithfulness is a promise. So we believe that we're having that strength in here today. Holy Spirit, would you strengthen us and lead us? And just as a moment with every head bowed, every hand down for a moment, if you're in this place and you've never given your life over to Jesus, well, I want you to know that you have a great opportunity right now. In just a moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask that you lift up your hand on the count of three because I want to say a prayer with you. And it's not this prayer that saves you, but really it's this heart that says, God, I give my life over to you. It's to let the Lord be the Lord of your life. Now, maybe you've never given your life over to the Lord, or maybe it's been a long time. The good news is that today is the day of salvation. Your breakthrough's happening today. Eternity comes into your house. As Jesus said to Zacchaeus, salvation comes to your house today. Lord, may it come to people's houses today and to their homes. If this is you and I'm talking to you, I want you to raise your hand up on the count of three. You want to give your life over to the Lord. Raise your hand up on the count of three. One, two, three. Shoot up your hand. I see 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 your hand. Amen. Amen. I see your hand back there. Amen. Amen. I see your hand back there. Amen. Amen. If your hand is up, you can put it down now. I see your hand right there, bro. Now I want everyone to pray this prayer after me as a sign of support to every single person that raised their hand. Say this prayer out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. So I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin that I may be saved. So right now, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. This is my new beginning. And from this day forward, I am a child of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for every single hand that was raised. So proud of you, so proud of you, so proud of you. God's proud of you. God's doing something in your life. And here's the thing, if God's doing something in your life, he wants to keep on working. So this is what we say, if God's doing something, keep on coming back. If God does that much in a day, imagine what he would do in a week, in a month, in a year, in a lifetime devoted to him. The Bible says that God brings us from glory to glory. This is but a step in the journey of knowing him. I want to welcome you into the family of God. I want to help you get planted into the house of God. So keep coming back to church every single week. Stop by the Connect Corner. We'd love to place a Bible in your hand if you don't have one. But above all, get connected into the community of God. Pray, read your Bible, seek the Lord, and watch what God keeps doing in your life. Church, can we put our hands together one more time for every single person that raised their hand? We're proud of you. God's proud of you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.